This is the happy hour. You guys going to happy hour? Live from the Copple Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. Yeah, I'll maybe I'll come for a couple. Here are your hosts, Nick Sainert. I want to know what it's like to commit a crime without having to spend time in jail. And Enrique Alvarez Clary. C is for chunk. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Good afternoon. Happy Tuesday. This is the happy hour, 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. Nick Sainert and Enrique alvarez Clary are with you today. Hello, Rico. Hello. How's it going, man? It's going all right. How about you? How, how are you doing? Why is the camera at a different angle, Nick? Nicholas, what's you, happening? You're just going to out me right away. 100% right away. So, a little bit of a disclaimer before we get going here. Personal news. Yes. Inside the life of Nick. If you hear me in the background going like that. Disgusting. Please don't. First of all, I apologize in advance. Second of all, I had some dentistry work done today up in the top right corner of my mouth. And uh, that whole side is numb. He can't smile. So when I smile, it's really funny. It's like the the what was it Um, on on, uh, the dark night when half of his face is burnt off. Half face. Yes, and you can only see the teeth on one side. Mm-hmm. That is what I look like when I smile. Is it like half of uh, Tim Allen in in uh, oh, what's that that Christmas movie? Santa Claus? No, it is. Oh my goodness, it's a great movie, and like Christmas with the Cranks. Ooh, I haven't seen that one in a while. When he gets the Botox because they're gonna go to Hawaii. Yes, I, I and know he's the trying movie. To eat, like the fruit, and he's just like. <laughs> Yeah, so basically when I'm smiling, you can only see the left my left side of my mouth. It goes like this. Yeah, because my whole right side just droops down. I, I tried to drink out of my water bottle before the show began. He's like, I can't drink. I can't drink out of my water bottle, so I have to figure out ways to adjust here. And then Thursday, um, I'm getting the same stuff done on my left side, so it's just going to be completely flipped. So we'll have the other camera on. But I was trying to eat pizza earlier today. After I left the dentist Ooh. office, did you? Uh, I you know what? Never mind. I was gonna ask, I was gonna get into the dentistry. Where I was gonna say, did you get fillings? Yeah, yeah. I, I had a couple. I had a couple cavities. Yeah. I had, I had a, okay. So disclaimer part two. Haven't been to the the dentist in like six or seven years. So it was. There's just you know gotta get some gotta get Sometimes some. Sometimes you gotta go to the dentist. I I encourage yeah. all of you, all of you, go to the dentist. Take care of your beautiful smiles. Yeah, it was all good. So, and then I got fitted for like this whitening stuff as well. But okay, yeah, it was, it was all chill. Um, but yeah, so I got to get that taken care of. But that's why the camera, if you're on the Sutter Hammond Jewelers video stream, is at a different angle. I should be able to talk fine because it's not like the numbing hasn't affected my tongue. If you get it on the bottom part of your mouth, if you get dentistry work yeah. down there, then your tongue gets numb and then you can't talk. Yeah, both both days it's just upper teeth work. So we should be okay. Um, but I just wanted to throw a little disclaimer out there for why I. Um, may sound a little weird. May sometimes. sound different, or I may think I sound different when I don't. He's so self-conscious. Just, yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Big time. As always, 402-464-5685, the Honda of Lincoln Hotline, Sutter Heyman Text Line, both those open for you all hour long, as well as the video stream, Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. Um, I, uh, As well as Twitter. 
at Radio Rico AC and at Nick underscore Sainter. I knew there was one more that I wanted to do today. So we're not we we kind of spent all day yesterday talking basketball. Um, I I know everything is going on right now. There's a lot of stuff out there. I'm not going to address any of that because I don't know. There are some anything. rumors. That we're not, we we're cannot not, substantiate, therefore yeah. we will not talk about them. Unfortunately. So when, whenever something's uh, official, we'll, we'll worry about that um, when that day comes. We'll see what happens in the near future or f- far future, whatever happens. Um, I do know Nebraska basketball has a week off, a week off that they um, desperately need. Yeah, absolutely. If any program in the Husker Athletic Department needs it, it's them. And so now they get a week off and they get to regroup, hopefully get in the gym. I know they're still dealing with some sickness, so mm-hmm. hopefully they're working on some individual work. They'll figure that out and, and start to find their shot, which is basically all they need to – that's all they can do when they're a shooting basketball team. So we'll also be joined by a Jacob Padilla of Hale Varsity at 2.30, as we are every Tuesday, um, and we'll, we'll ask him that. We'll ask him what, what's next for Nebraska. Is it too early to push the panic button – on this program, on this team, I should say, not program, but then also the Fred Hoiberg era, because you talk about expectations in, in terms of football and the football program, but now here we are, and you're five and six in Husker men's basketball in a season that, frankly, me personally, I, I thought this was an NCAA bubble caliber type team. I believe that they were an NIT type and kind of, you know, at some point in the season you were considering, hey, this team might make it to the NCAA tournament. But I was 100% on board with the this team finishes over 500 and actually has, you know, a, a, a good record and multiple yeah. good showings throughout the season. And as of right now, I am not sure about that. I believe that they will get one team that they're not supposed to beat. Mm-hmm. and you know they'll shoot the lights out that day and they'll win that game and then probably the very next game they shoot and make like three three-pointers you know that's well, just what this team is is right now is you can't really trust their shooting despite being a team full of shooters mm-hmm. uh you can't trust them to shoot and make their shots so what they have to do and what they're not doing is hustling after the basketball on every single play hustling on defense and getting into position and, and making life as difficult as they can for the other team because they're not going to score many points so they have to make it so the other team doesn't score much and right now they are allowing teams to score a lot and not scoring at all now with that being said just like Rico and I said yesterday many times there's a a lot of season left lots of season left and so that's where I'm I'm hesitant to hit the hit the panic button because they're they're not even to, into the the bulk of their conference slate yet, and so. Um, but with that being said, the last two games specifically have not gone well, and 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 I'm sure every anybody on that staff will will tell you that anybody on that team within that program will tell you that the last two games, if they could do them over, they would in a heartbeat, and, and they feel confident. Now you also have to take into a fa- into account the things that they. I, I always talk about controlling the things you can can control. And you have to look at the things that they haven't been able to control. And it's the little th- the things like sickness and the, the whole influenza stuff going around. Like, that stuff just happens. Also, Matt Abdelmasi taking a leave of absence. That, that stuff just happens. That's nothing that the players can control. And so th- this program, this team, has already been throwing a couple curveballs less than 11 games into the season. Now, now they're 11, but all that stuff came in mm-hmm. 9 or 10 games into the season. Well still being a relatively young team. And so there, there's ways we can talk about it, what it means for the future, but we don't need to really get into that right now because there is a lot of season left, and we'll ask Jacob Padilla that of Hale Varsity here at 2.30. Now, I, I want to get in. We wanted, I wanted to get to this yesterday, but we kind of 
started rolling with the Husker women's basketball and volleyball discussion, which I'm glad we touched on that. Give them and, a number. Yeah. Just for, do it. They, they have a they have a Husker women's basketball has a tough stretch coming up. Michigan State, Michigan, Iowa are all three three of the next five games, I believe. And they have opportunities ahead, similar to men's basketball, similar to every other program at Nebraska. 402-464-5685, Honda Lincoln Hotline, Sutter Hamid Text Line. Give me your thoughts here. Um, Rico and I kind of want to get into this Nebraska quarterback discussion a little bit. We haven't mm-hmm. been able to get into it in depth, and I kind of want to do that here for the first segment. We have about 15 minutes until we have to take our break. But I'm curious because yesterday, um, obviously Spencer Rattler is now going to South Carolina, the, the other USC, yeah, he's going as, to USC. His head, as his head coaches. Um, I saw Michael Penix Jr. is going to Washington. Yes. Um, now there were three quarterbacks yesterday that entered the portal, Kedon Slovis, Bo Nix, and Zach Calzada, Calzada from Texas A&M, the Texas A&M starter. Mm-hmm. Those three entered the portal yesterday. And uh, I, I'm curious to know what your guys' thoughts are on this. Because there, there was a, there's ways, and I, and yesterday I just kind of collected all my thoughts and threw them into it, and we'll, I'll, I'll kind of say them, and then Rico, we can kind of go whichever way you want to go with it. All right, go but ahead. It was like you, you still need to have competition in that quarterback room. That's thought number one. I mean, it was that was a huge criticism between Adrian Martinez, Luke McCaffrey, and maybe even Logan Smothers towards it. Um, if you remember back to year one. You, you had the little bit of, of competition between Tristan Jebbia and Adrian Martinez. Mm-hmm. Jebbia then transfers out. But you don't really know how much of a competition. before the season. Yeah, you don't really know how much of a competition there was. We, we were told that there was a, a, a decent competition. But think about it. It was a completely new staff, and that Adrian Martinez was their first call. So you're st- skeptical about how much there of a competition there really was. Mm-hmm. That's thought number one. Number two, this staff hasn't necessarily made it or they, they've kind of made it known that they aren't fully confident in the guys behind them. Those are two guys, Logan Smothers and Heinrich Harburg, that they have had now in their full control for a couple seasons. Two seasons for Logan, one for Heinrich. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I'm not sure that the fan base is confident in those guys behind him either because we haven't be, seen them. Yeah, it's hard to be confident in something that you haven't seen. So Bingo. Especially, like you said, you have you had two seasons with Logan Smothers. You've had multiple injuries to Adrian Martinez and multiple times where he has struggled mightily in games where you, you had opportunities to get your backup some playing time to, to just, you know, sit Martinez down and maybe talk to him a little bit and just see what's going on inside his head, what he's seeing, what's going on, and you just decided to leave him out there and, and, and feed him to the wolves practically. Uh, in multiple games, so the the confidence factor in the quarterbacks that were behind Adrian Martinez and Logan Smothers and Heinrich Harburg is not very high within the fan base, and I'm I can't speak to the coaches, but it doesn't feel as if it was high with the previous coaching staff, mm-hmm. with the previous quarterbacks coach and and offensive coordinator, but with this coaching staff, I'm not sure how they feel about Logan Smothers and and you know. The, the thought is they're going into the transfer portal to get a quarterback who will be the starting quarterback. But as you said, you might want to have a quarterback competition mm-hmm. just to see if Logan Smothers can run whatever type of offense uh, Mark Whipple wants to be running here at Nebraska. So those were thoughts one and two. Number three, <clears throat> excuse me, how confident is the fan base in this coaching staff finding a guy to come in and lead this team? It is. So Let's think, it, think about it. Think about it. I understand that there's a new staff, and and this offensive coordinator was it was is now a Broyles Award finalist or or however you want to say it. But don't forget, 
Troy Walters won the Broyles Award at UCF before he came to Nebraska, and that didn't work out. So I'm, I'm honestly, that Broyles Award stuff, I'm, I'm kind of throwing it to the side because now what matters is what you do at Nebraska. And with that, I understand that there's, there's new faces on that offensive staff, but at the top, there's Scott Frost. That's, that's, the, that's the part that has not changed. Now, with an experienced guy, you guys have heard it before. You guys understand it. Does Scott Frost step back? Maybe. Does he not step back and stay his hands on? Maybe. But how confident are you guys in this staff, despite it being new faces with Scott Frost still at the, at the top of everything, how confident are you in this staff finding a guy to come in and lead this team to at least six wins? Then number four, the guys in the room. What does it mean for Logan Smothers? More importantly, how do you feel about all this if you are Logan Smothers? That's I think a that, that, that's a part that is getting overlooked quite a bit. That's a great question. Because if you're Logan Smothers, you're saying, man, they, you know, I felt like I play, played pretty well in the Iowa game. I was serviceable enough. I, I, we should have won that game at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Had an opportunity at the end of the game to win it, you know, down in the final drive or whatever. But if you're Logan also, you're saying, I've been here for two, two plus years. They, they brought me in. They wanted me. Yeah. They said they wanted me I to, chose to, this to place, be the future. I chose this place over a lot of places, and now they don't feel confident after helping me learn the playbook and being the number two guy for two-plus years or whatever. I understand Luke was behind him or in front of him in year one. But now it's just, all right, Adrian's gone. Now we got to find a transfer portal quarterback to come in and, and either compete for the starting job or be the starter. Mm-hmm. Be a bridge quarterback or push our current players in the room to new heights like that that could be that could be so so you know touching on the um how confident you are in, in the coaching staff and how confident the fans are in the coaching staff i i'm not sure with scott frost because we've had four years of scott frost and i yeah. have i i'm not sure where my confidence meter is with him right now mm-hmm. but with whipple and with with mickey joseph and with you know donovan riola right now um based on recent history i'm pretty confident in Whipple getting somebody and having them play serviceable. Based on recent history, I'm pretty confident in Mickey Joseph getting these wide receivers to play at a not elite level, but a pretty high level. But he's he's taken he's taken receivers, elite receivers, and made them even more elite. I don't know what he can do with this current wide receiver room because it's another thing. We don't know what we have in this current wide receiver room. Well, and, and this is going to be kind of a harsh truth, but you got to have guys in that room that want to be there, that want to get better, that want to be coached. And I, I, I'm not saying that they don't want to be, but I'm saying that now they just got a new wide receivers coach they have new offensive staff altogether. That, that's something that you have to take into account. Mm-hmm. The guys that are already in the room, no matter what the position group is, whether it's wide receivers, whether it's offensive line, whether it's running backs, you, they want they, the the guys in that room, the athletes, you have to want to be coached. And I'm sure they all want to be coached, and they all want to get. I, I mean, especially being a wide receiver, like right now, being a wide receiver in Nebraska and having Mickey Joseph come in, you just look at what he's done with receivers down at LSU and how many receivers he's put into the NFL. If you think that you are a high-level receiver, which you should, you're at a Power 5 Division One school, 
if you think you're a high-level receiver and you think your your end goal is to get to the league and provide for your family and you know provide for yourself and prove that you're one of the best, this guy is the perfect perfect guy for you. If you're just looking at recent history, at what he's done at LSU, you bring him in here. If you think you have the talent, he is one of the guys that will be able to bring that talent out of you and showcase it on the field. And and with Whipple, you saw what he did at Pitt with with uh. Uh, Pickett. Pickett and yep. their Pickett. their their and receiver, the Blintnikoff Award winner. Yes. I can't I can't think of his name right now. Addison. But yeah, Addison. Um, you saw what he did with that guy. Those those guys are both going to a Heisman finalist and the best receiver in the nation. Both of those guys are going to the NFL. Again, recent history shows that guy can coach. That guy can bring up the best in people. So if you're in those rooms, if you're in the quarterback room, if you're in the receiver room, if you're just in an offensive room, looking at those two and the success that they've had should should make you feel as if that this is going to work and you should want to be coached by these two men. We get this off the text line, 402-464-5685. This is from an unnamed texter. And I'll ask a follow-up to to this text, actually. Um, he says, or they say, Scott Frost stepping out of the call sheet is only a good thing. Need a three-phase leader, and he recognizes that. He needs to be engaged in the whole game, not just the offense. I have confidence in him and the new staff. But here, here's the question I have. Can't only measure the program by wins and losses. It's reductive and is what ruined our program in 2003. Follow-up question. What do you want this program to be measured by? Yeah, that's that's. what do you measure I, I, like, a program I'm, by I'm, I'm if not curious. wins and losses? Because if it's progress, then then last, last season, great. Last season, in terms of statistics, progress. It was good. But then you fire your whole offensive staff, and so you kind of feel like you took a couple steps back there because you don't know what's gonna what this season's gonna look like. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of question marks on the offense, including the quarterback that you got 14 out of your 15 wins as the head coach at Nebraska now is gone. You lose a couple running backs. You um, bring in. You may lose your center. You lost your best receiver from this last season. You lose. You lost lot, your you, best tight end. You lose a lot of guys on on defense as well. And so I, I'm curious. So they say right now it's progress. So then, once again, and, and feel free to call in. we got a couple minutes here. How long can you measure it by progress? Well, my, my question is what type of progress? Like what, what is the progress that we're going off of? Because I would argue that wins and losses is progress. If you're arguing that statistics is progress, then yes, they improved. But at some points, it looked horrendous. Yeah. You're 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 measuring it off of, and and this might be you know you're measuring it off of, uh, you played close games with high level opponents, and that yep. that could be one of the things because in in the time when you were winning nine games, the high level opponents were your only losses, and you were getting you were losing by a lot, but mm-hmm. currently the progress you're showing against the high level opponents isn't showing against the lower level opponents. You're facing teams who, on paper, you are better than. In in recent history, you haven't been better than them, but on paper, you are better than them, and you are still losing to them. So you're making progress against better teams, but against worse teams, you're staying the same. OG Les Lancaster says, this was the last season of, quote, progress. Next year is officially win or go home. Another unnamed texter says, only thing that matters when millions of dollars are in play are wins and losses. It's a bottom line business. And you can relate that to Husker men's basketball, right? Kind of ironic how um, we, we can... The, the, not the parallel necessarily, but you can say the same thing, similar things. Mm-hmm. 
about both programs. I, I don't want to tie it into that because this is a football discussion, but yeah. I, I just wanted to point that out. I mean, that texter says you can't only measure it by that. It's a bigger picture than that. So if we're measuring, if we're, we're taking all of it into account, okay, you're taking all of it into account, the wins, the losses, the statistics, and the keeping it close in games. Um, if you take all of that into account, <laughs> there still really hasn't been much progress since when Frost got here. here. Here's the thing, and it's what I keep going back to when, when they talk about the bigger picture, and, and that's totally fine. Like I said, like I said a couple of days ago, if that's the lane, that's totally fine. Like I'll, I'll tell you my thoughts as well, and, and we can have a good conversation about it like we are. But here's, here's what I keep going back to, and it's hard for me to get past this statistic, things that I can point to. And it's 1-3 against Purdue, 1-3 against Minnesota, 0-3 against Wisconsin, 0-3 against, or 0-4 against Iowa. And 0-3 against Wisconsin because 2020 got canceled. Mm-hmm. It, it's, the, it's the similar things that Rico was just saying that before when Nebraska was having nine wins, it was that they're not beating the teams that they have a chance at beating. But they were beating the teams they were supposed to beat. Now you're not you're not even beating the teams you're supposed to. They're beat. beating anybody. And and now it's it's you're you're two and two against Illinois, one and three against Illinois. I I don't know the statistics right off the top of my head. I know you've lost two games in a row to get Illinois, mm-hmm. especially this season when you felt like you were the the better team. I want to say two and two. They won the first year, then the second year they won. He put up a big game. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, two two and two. And then you lost two in a row. So I, I just wonder when you, when you look at that. How long, when we talk about the bigger picture, how long are fans willing to settle on just having progress be good enough? Playing hard and losing is still losing. Mm-hmm. Putting up good numbers and losing is still losing. And I love Adrian Martinez, but that's that's kind of what it was. He put up big numbers, yep. and you would see flashes of greatness, but in the end, he would still they they would still lose. So. When it all comes down to it, you can show as much progress as you want, but at the end of the day, it comes down to wins and losses. Mm-hmm. It comes down to, are you beating the teams you need to beat? Are you sneaking up and getting a team that you're not supposed to beat? Let's head to Jacob Padilla. Next segment joins us from Hill Varsity. Follow Nick and Enrique on Twitter at Nick underscore Sainert and at Radio Rico AC. More of Happy Hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. 